Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now a special Talk Radio 1210 WPHT presentation. It's reading, writing, and reason. Now here's your host, Dom Giordano. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dom Giordano Show, reading, writing, and reason with Dan at the Controls. It is our weekly foray into all things that affect our kids, our budgets, parents' rights, is one of the biggest parts of this. But we are right now in the middle of the cusp of what can be a great time in schools, but the media is trying this year particularly to bill it as a bad time. This week, the well, the whole month, the month of February, historically is Black History Month. And when this first started, I get the idea, the need to infuse into the minds of kids some things that may have been neglected. But what we've seen over the schools and what the media is saying, I talked the other day on my my, uh, Noon to Three show, that now Axios had a story, there's several outlets putting stories out there claiming that teachers are afraid to teach about slavery, They're afraid to teach about anything involving race. They blame Ron DeSantis in Florida. They blame other people. They blame the national mood. And that's just not true. One teacher they interviewed, I think, at a middle school in Florida saying, how am I supposed to talk about slavery? How am I supposed to talk about the 13th Amendment? How am I supposed to cover Reconstruction? Well, I would say some of the guidelines are age-appropriate is one. And the question is, are you one of those teachers that are setting out to make some students, usually white students, feel uncomfortable? In other words, if the whole idea that slavery happened makes a student uncomfortable, which I doubt, I think uh, by high school level, certainly, and even seventh and eighth grade, they have some sense of this. If the discomfort is in the context of, wow, how horrible this was, well, I think that could be natural and could be something that maybe can't be avoided totally. But if the intent is to make students uncomfortable as if they had something to do with this just because of their skin color, uh, critical race theory, the idea they're the oppressor still, And victims are kids of color that are minorities, Latino, African-American. Then that's what's out of bounds. And that's wrong. Why would we do that? And on the day that Black History Month commenced this year, 
It was the anniversary of, I believe it was four African-American males, young, in their early 20s, who did not stand up to protest, real heroes, who sat down at a lunch counter, a Woolworths, in North Carolina. And as a result of that, they were attacked by people there, including law enforcement, and they put America on the radar screen for America, what was going on there, heroes. I would feature people like that. I would talk about that. But I also would show students the evolution of America, that that is not the America of today, that America is not a racist country today, institutionally. Are there racists out there? Obviously. So this can be a beautiful time to lift up and retell that story. I had to learn that story on my own. I don't remember in my schooling that coming up. So gaps can be filled here with stories like that. But if the idea is to just dredge up what America was, what some of these horrible things were, like this instance in the Woolworths, they were sitting at the whites-only part of the lunch counter, toward that purpose to blame students today to say they have a part in that's ridiculous. And that's what in Florida and other places, I think 14 states, laws have been passed to try to eliminate that theory, that kind of teaching, but certainly to my knowledge, there is no intent of any place where the teacher cannot talk about slavery, the horrors of slavery, the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, heroes like these people in the Woolworths. That is just ridiculous to say that somehow or another you'd get in trouble for doing that. That doesn't happen. It's the big lie. So Black History Month can certainly still be something. I've talked about on my show and here on Reading, Writing, and Reason, some gaps in my knowledge. Maybe you had uh, some too when we had the 100th anniversary of the attack on a black community in Tulsa that was thriving. It was like the Black Wall Street, things of that nature. That's what it was called. And the attack even had an aerial attack. It was merciless by whites attacking African-Americans. And it resulted in a lot of carnage. And I only learned about that myself. And then with the 100th anniversary, there was more stuff out there I learned. These are things that ought to be in a curriculum, particularly this month, in various subjects to talk about. Age appropriate. It should be guided as kids move forward through middle school and through high school. And we ought to check off that they've heard of some of these major things, like two that I just mentioned today. Those are all appropriate. But the idea, that's still the America of today. It ought to be leavened with the idea, infused with the idea of the progress that has been made and the idea of racism being wrong. And you know some of the things that might still be out there today that are out of bounds. Those are all fair. But to set out, again, just to quote, make students uncomfortable, that's not the way to go. That's not even close to the way to go, in my view. That shouldn't be part of the curriculum. All right, Dom Giordano with you on Reading, Writing, and Reason. A story this week that is uh, very troubling. The U.S. Navy is now wanting to drop a high school diploma and GED requirement for recruits, 
says Red State in a report. Headline, no diploma, no problem. The U.S. Navy has again lowered enlistment requirements because they're not meeting the enlistment goals. The groups that are meeting the enlistment goals are the best, in the minds of some, or the more stringent, the U.S. Marines and also the Space Force met their targets. The Army fell about 15,000 short. The Navy fell about 6,000 or 7,000 short. So the idea is that by eliminating these uh, credentials, the Navy says, they'll be able to better meet their goals. Now, I don't think that's where we're going to be going. I think you should have a high school diploma if you're entering the Navy or the equivalent of that. That's what we ought to be looking at. So what other things do we have to do to motivate people to join the military services? That's what they ought to be looking at. If it takes more pay, more chance to get a college degree, more, let's hear those things. But lowering the standards is just never, never a good thing. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. The only example I can give you where I've seen in context this week on the uh, ladies golf tour, the LPGA, I believe you need 27 total points. You get points by winning a tournament, you get one. If it's a major tournament, you get two. Lydia Ko is only one point short. She lost last week in a playoff. 27 total points today is a lot. Some people are looking at this and saying there's only been one every 10 years that gets into the Hall of Fame. Back in the day, there were not as many good players, so the better players were able to win and get 27 points. It's very, very hard to do this today. That's a persuasive case. But what is it that the Navy is saying in the case of lowering no high school diploma? Are you kidding me? That is not a good way to go. Hey, one more thing. We're talking uh, this week about Black History Month. Arizona House Representative Ben Toma has introduced a bill, and I think this ought to be required in schools. Many states now require it or they're in the process of doing it, that in Arizona, students must be taught the history of communist regimes. Toma, the Speaker of the Arizona House, said the bill would require lessons about the prevalence of poverty, starvation, migration, systemic lethal violence, and suppression of speech. The people would have to be familiar with Joseph Stalin, Mao, Fidel Castro, Nicolas Maduro. The reason, Toma said, was because 100 million people have lost their lives worldwide. Uh, First, they would declare November 7th as a Victims of Communism Day. The second, mandating a lesson on communist regimes to be part of an American government course required for students to graduate from high school. I endorse this idea. I think it's targeted. It's on point. And I wonder about anybody that would be on the other other side that would be in opposition to this. Well, why are you targeting communism? Well, for the reasons that Speaker Toma mentioned there, I think we're targeting communism. And uh, it's clear the lessons of history, communism results in authoritarianism, results in, at worst, uh, dictators, death, destruction. 
Absolutely. And I think it's being done again in a very targeted way. So I'm glad to see what Arizona is doing, and I hope uh, more schools would do that. So we'll see more of this stuff coming up. Some of these uh, things, I see an agenda at times I'm not on board with. So it depends. It depends upon the manner in which this is done, how it uh, moves forward. We'll, uh, we'll see that all play out. All right, coming up here on the uh, Reading, Writing, and Reason this week, we had a great guest that we talked with uh, recently. His name is James Fishback. James is a brilliant teacher who runs a very, very good uh, debate outfit across an entire region. I'd like to see him do it nationwide since there's bias in some debates where you can't use uh, certain uh, mainstream language because of the ideology of the debate judges. But in addition to that, he took a look at so-called book bans. In very, you hear this all the time, schools banning books. And what he found was there were not book bans as much as conservative authors, moderate conservative or moderate authors, were not included in many school libraries. It was vast. It was most of the country that he engaged in with this. And he's got a lot of things to back this up. Fascinating guy giving lie to the idea that we're just seeing books knocked out willy-nilly all over the place. Not so. He is next here with Dom Giordano on reading, writing, and reason. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome back into Reading, Writing, and Reason. It's our weekly excursion into all those things happening in education that you hear about. Some cultural wars, the money spent. The idea, and I guess the mantra of this show, is parental rights. Parental rights doesn't mean just to be ignorant about stuff. Of course, teachers and people that engage in education certainly have a role. But too often, we've taken away the rights of parents when it comes to schools, when it comes to curriculum, when it even comes to knowing 
what their kid is up to in school. Uh, next, I'm going to uh, play you my interview with James Fishback, this guy who runs a great debate curriculum, and in addition to that, did this major study. I mean, this is significant. It's big, showing that across the country, we see unbelievable amounts of libraries that have no conservative authors. Here's what James Fishback laid out for me. Hey, James, great to talk with you. I've followed your work, a big fan, and particularly when I learned about uh, where you were coaching debate. What's the issue that you explored then about debate teams? Well, it's a real pleasure to be here. The real issue I discovered with the debate teams, I was a high school debater. This activity changed my life. High school debate now actually disqualifies students for the crime of referring to illegal immigrants by using the term illegal immigrants. There's one judge who says that if you are pro-Israel or pro-capitalism, she will disqualify you. And so, Dom, when a student as young as 12, 13 years old can lose the debate before they've even had a chance to debate, that is antithetical to debate. It's un-American. It's wrong. Yeah. Do they do a buzzer too? <clears throat> you're out of order. Then you tell the kid to say, no, you're out of order. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's no buzzer, but there's one judge from Stanford who says that if you use one of these terms on the no-no list, he is going to stand up, interrupt you, and prematurely end the round. <laughs> so this isn't just a case of disqualification. It's actually, oh, I'm cutting you off because you're saying things <laughs> I don't like. And the, to, to, as, a, as a high school debater, I did this for four years. I can't even begin to imagine what a young man or woman would feel like because of that. Oh, absolutely. And again, it made quite a splash of people thinking, oh, this can't be. But you're here, and I'm so glad you are, to testify to the fact. So you've set up your own growing debate league. How does that differ? Uh, it differs because we are not partisan. We don't have an ideological leaning. Our only goal is to create a platform where students can bring their ideas, speak with conviction, and seek truth. And I got to tell you, since that article came out in May, we have tripled the number of students we serve. We're in three states, my home state of Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia. We got 5,000 kids coming out, speaking truth, debating, doing it the way it should be done. Wow, that's great stuff. So now you've jumped in on something. And I'm a former teacher, uh, too, James. That's how I got into talk radio. So this re- it always intrigues me. I do a podcast, too, and uh, Radio Hour, Reading, Writing, and Reason, in which we talk about things like this. The idea that uh, here Central Bucks has been a national bellwether on this, they weren't banning all kinds of books, or they weren't even banning them, really. But things like Lawn Boy and a lot of things that you couldn't even read out loud at a school board meeting were very concerning. What is it that you set out to do? Well, this this whole conversation, this research that I did happened completely naturally. After these articles went viral, I went on a tour of sorts, if you can call it that. I, I talked to parents, school board members, students, teachers about the power of debate, not the club, not the activity but debate the idea that classrooms, schools should become a marketplace of ideas. And Dom, what kept coming up was students kept telling me they would go to their school's library in search of a book. One girl in particular, after that first Republican debate, she wanted to learn more about the candidates. She went to her school library down in South Florida, public school, and she was looking for the book Woke Inc. by Vivek Ramaswamy. They didn't have it. She was looking for the book Courage to be Free by Governor Ron DeSantis. 
They didn't have it. They The book America, A Redemption Story by the only black senator who's a Republican, Tim Scott. They didn't have it. And so this girl reaches out to me and says, hey, I went to the library. She's a low-income student. I went to go find these books about these people who are running for president, and my library doesn't have them. And so students have these one-sided libraries that only push one idea, the progressive idea. That is wrong. That violates the principles of viewpoint diversity, which is to say every idea should have an equal place and let students find out what they want to subscribe to on their own, as opposed to just pushing something on them. But of course, uh, my buddy, I refer to him often, Ibram X. Kendi, is uh, very well represented in these libraries. Very well represented. So this piece is all about the numbers. I did the same with my high school debate piece. So let's just start off with that book you brought up. Stamped, a book about how everyone is racist. In fact, the book argues that the word law and order Law and order is a racial slur, and the book also says that the only thing extraordinary about white people is that they think that they are so extraordinary. And so that book, as awful as it is, and I've read it twice, I think it's a really bad book, that book is available in 77% of the library districts that I surveyed. Now, what about the book Social Justice Fallacies by Thomas Sowell, which credibly debunks the lies from Ibram X. Kendi? Zero percent, not a single book in the districts that I <laughs> yeah. carried. And, yeah. and so let's let's take it a step further, Dom. Uh, we had two recent vice presidents. You have Vice President Kamala Harris and you have Vice President Mike Pence. And let's just whatever you think, whatever I think about these two individuals, I have strong feelings about Kamala, but I'm going to put those in the corner right now. Kamala Harris's memoir is available in 54% of districts. Mike Pence's is available in six. They're both recent sitting United States vice presidencies. And so my problem, I'm an unapologetic conservative, but I'm also a free speech absolutist. And so my problem is if a young boy wants to go read about Mike Pence in his school, he is not allowed to. That is wrong. Absolutely. And this is across the board and it's extensive. Uh, You must have a whole team and you're a good researcher because this is a lot of information. Where do we find the piece that you wrote to start with, James? Go to thefp.com. And uh, the the upshot of this, what's the response uh, that you've gotten to this? I've had school board members from all over the country texting me this morning saying, thank you for publishing this. Thank you. Because you know what? The the book ban hoax, it, you can add that to the list of things the Democrats accuse Republicans of that they, that they themselves were actually doing. And look, a book like Gender Queer should be in a school library as much as the soft core pornography book Sex by Madonna should be in a school library. It offers no educational value. But you know what does offer educational value? Reading books that challenge you. I'm a young conservative. My grandpa Cliff, when I was a kid, would talk to me about conservative values. But I still found a lot of value in reading books from people like Noam Chomsky or Cornell West, proud progressives who challenge my viewpoint. So I don't think that problematic progressive books should be pulled from the shelves. That's to say nothing about genderqueer and longboy, that those books are problematic because of sexual explicit reasons. But my answer to problematic progressive books is actually just bring in different viewpoints, create this marketplace of ideas, and let young men and women research, read, and come to their own conclusions. Absolutely. No, this is a uh, brilliant look at it, and uh, I'm thrilled at what you're doing on the debate front. So, We want to uh, continue whenever you have uh, something that 
blossoms out of that, just let Dan know. We'd love to have you back. Do you have a website or where can people find you? We, we do. We would be proud to have anyone's support to help bring high school debate back. It's incubatedebate.org, just how it sounds, incubatedebate.org. James, thank you. First of many, I hope. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Have a great one. All right, that's James Fishback. I'm going to call upon this guy in future times here on Reading, Writing, and Reason because he certainly has his hand in a lot of good things to reach students. But coming up here on Reading, Writing, and Reason this week, we're going to go to the West Coast and talk with Dave Brown. His organization, Standing Tall, has made national news. He and his wife both quit long-time coaching jobs in things like volleyball and basketball because they were concerned about females in sports and the number of males that are gender fluid, transgender, trying to play female sports, the physical damage that can happen, the psychological damage that can happen after sports were built up for females. Dave Brown is next here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome back into Reading, Writing, and Reason. Dave Brown has come to our attention as this uh, tremendous high school coach, he and his wife, quit their positions because they couldn't countenance the influx of gender fluid or transgender males into female sports. Here's what he told me about that decision. What did you coach before you resigned? Currently, uh, it was girls tennis in Canby, Oregon uh, for the last four years. Previous 20 years, boys tennis at Newburgh High School. Uh, and then 20 years of high school basketball and before that football. Ah, so well-rounded. And your wife, what did she coach, Dave? Uh, her big sport was volleyball. She did softball and basketball. And then the last four years, uh, she coached tennis with me. She was varsity assistant, JV, head JV coach. So what happened? Was there a particular match that you were upset about uh, or was coming up, or is it the broad principle of the whole thing? No, it's the broad principle. Uh you know, we're in Oregon, so it's a bit different than you guys back there. Uh, but we're at the state tournament last year, and there was a boy playing in the girls' uh, brackets, and um, he beats a girl, and we just were like, you got to be kidding me. And I, I took 18 boys' teams to the state tournament, so I've helped on the state sitting committee, been around a lot, and I just never thought I'd see anything like that. And that kind of started the – the whole process for us. And then our Oregon state athletic association voted last year to allow boys to play in girls sports. And, uh, it's, 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 it's just something we just couldn't do anymore, you know, because we have to take all these other tests like concussion and heat exhaustion, sex abuse. And we're told we're supposed to protect kids. And by going along with this one, we're not protecting all the girls out there. We're just not. So, Dave, um, in this case, are these biologically still male? Are they transitioning, gender fluid? What did they say? All it doesn't of them. Ma- all of them. 
So it doesn't all matter. All of that. And, yeah. But here it's like this particular boy played fall sport and, and, and boys, and mm-hmm. then he went to play girls sports in the spring, and then this year came back and did boys sports again in the fall. It's just changing paperwork. So, um, But I think when you – after a, a long career coaching boys, we coach girls – um, I just was like, you gotta be kidding me here. We're, we're taking away everything we worked at in title nine. My wife was an athlete in the seventies and she was good. And we've had a ton of feedback from literally all over the world and the United States on what this is, this, these decisions are doing to women and girls all over. They don't like it. And, uh, they're forced to deal with it. And if they say something, they're going to get lit up. And so we decided somebody has to be the voice to start this. So that's why we did it. Well, the unfair advantage, even something like tennis, I you're the expert on this. I'm just a ham and egg or maybe not more paddle ball now than tennis. And uh, Dave, I think of Serena Williams in her prime even, okay? And then I think of her playing against some of the top men, the top 10, 15, or 20. I don't see there's any shot. She might win a point occasionally, you know, a double fault or something. Even Serena Williams is not going to go against uh, Roger Federer, Nadal, uh, people like, or the power hitters. I mean, you have no shot. Yeah, I think, you know, you obviously, you know, if you're from Philly, you know your sports. And uh, um, I agree with that. But the bigger issue is, is you know, the we shouldn't even be making the comparison between boys and girls. Girls fought for so long and women to have their own place, their own spot, mm-hmm. their own thing. And we're taking that away from them rapidly. And uh, it, it leaves, you know, a girl's going to be number one on her team. All of a sudden she's number two. Um, or a girl that's going to go to state and that place is taken up by a boy like it happened out here. All these things are devastating. But we've heard from girl after girl, uh, mom after mom, uh, college-level athletes saying, I don't even want to be in the same photo because they feel cheated. And I think that, you know, men, dads, we have to stand up and, and do the right thing here. And, uh, and not this isn't about the transgender, you know, athlete boy. This is about the millions and millions of girls that are getting uh, uh, shortchanged, and they don't like it. And they can't say anything because if they do, they're going to get canceled. So did you say something before you ultimately resigned and then you felt you just had to resign? Well, we, we looked at this whole thing and, you know, we're, we were coming up to our season. It was a fat, uh, it's springtime out here in Oregon for, for girls tennis. And, uh, you know, it just was to the point where it's like, if we said we're going to coach, then you abide by the Oregon state athletic associations, you know, what they stand for. And they stand for boys playing girls sports. Uh, they keep it fairly quiet, you know, so a lot of parents don't know. And the girls don't really come home and want to talk about it. They'd rather just ignore it. And it's sad. And so we finally just kind of got to the point where we had to make a decision. We want the school we were at to have time to get another coach. Yeah. And it's it's hard to leave these kids, uh, you know, that you've coached, you know, for one or two or three years and, and stuff. But, you know, again, I guess my wife, Judy, and I, we're looking at the the millions of little girls K through, you know, five in kindergarten to fifth grade that, you know, they just kind of expect us adults to do the right thing. And we have not been doing the right thing. And I guess for us to, to come out and say, this is we got to get going on this thing. We can't wait any longer. We've got to make this the statement now because the problem in public education is we're just putting our head in the sand and, 
and and not saying enough about it. Well, you and your wife doing it as a duo, that's why it jumped out at me. We have Riley Gaines on a lot, but uh, you two doing it as a duo makes it jump off. And I think, I don't have it in front of me, Dave, but you wanted one level, 419 victories, something like that. So you're not somebody who just showed up, didn't care. I mean, you were, were winning at all kinds of levels. And yet, in the statements I read, you get it. What this does for girls who are competitive they get the same thing that you and I got growing up, all the great things that sports teach us. Exactly. And I think that uh, my wife just walked into the room just now, and I, 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 we, it, it hurts her to see uh, what's going on right now because the pain for the girls is tremendous. And I, I go back to, like, what we're seeing at the, at the national level and different things in USA Boxing uh, Dallas Mallory just said, you know, that they approved men to, to be in women's boxing. I mean, it's like um, she worked really hard to get to where she's at, and I'm really, really proud of her. Um, you know, as a coach, I think we're so wrapped up in our sports that we don't think about all the the side things on this. But uh, what we've gotten back towards us, man, has been just a lot of pain out there. This has really hit a nerve, and I think that's why we have 10 million hits on different platforms oh, yeah. across oh, yeah. the world. It's and it's because it really is hitting home, you know. It's like this this isn't just a little issue out there. And uh, I, I think across the board, you know, we've, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on men, you know, husbands, dads. We, we've we got to do better. And uh, that's, that's going to be one of our big pushes with Stand Tall with Dave Brown is to, to get men to stand up, stand tall, have conversations with their daughters. Um, I think the moms and the wives – you know, they carry the load on this parenting thing a lot. There's great dads out there. Don't get me wrong. And I think the other thing, too, is the coaches out there, they're kind of stuck. Because if you say something, you're probably going to, you know, be out of your position pretty soon. And uh, uh, we know what it's like. My wife's a 34-year veteran teacher. I spent 20 years at the high school working. And, you know, you just uh, you're under a lot of pressure, peer pressure. Right. And, so, um, tell, tell us about staying tall now. Where do we get this? And there's a podcast, too. Stand Tall with Dave Brown, right? Yeah, Stand Tall with Dave Brown at uh, uh, .com and Stand Tall with Dave Brown at gmail.com. And we're, our podcast is something that we are going to come out there and just kind of like you guys, you know, just a different format and never planned on doing anything like this. But Dave, you know, you know what? You know who says that all the time, too? Riley Gaines, and look at what she's doing now. It's amazing. So... What you're doing with yeah. story and she's yeah. she's tremendous. What a what a courageous young lady. Well, we see the same things, and you have your wife there. You have the uh, dynamic duo too. Uh, Stand tall with Dave Brown, the podcast, and Stand Tall with Dave Brown dot com. Dave, uh, we'll invite you back as this journey continues. You're on to something now. Well, you're going to make me a Philly fan out of this. You know that, don't you? <laughs> well, we have great teams here. Not so much the Eagles at the end here, but the Phillies are on deck. All right, one question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, my favorite 76er all time is Hal Greer. Do you know who he was? Of course I know Hal Greer. He was uh, a center, and the only about – well, I stood next to him. I cheat on my height. I'd say he's about 6'2". And he's the only guy recently that shot a jump shot at the foul line, scored over 20,000 points, played with the greatest basketball player of all time, Wilt Chamberlain. You know your stuff. (laughs) Okay. All right, that's Dave Brown. Got to be hard to give up what you love in order to 
make a statement about this, and this is reverberated across the country. We'll talk with him as his story continues in coming weeks. But final thoughts coming up for this week from Dom Giordano, a couple of other items in the news to let you know about that you may not hear anywhere else, but you will hear it on Reading, Writing, and Reason. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome back into Reading, Writing, and Reason with Dom Giordano. A couple of things uh, to mention to you. Where I'm headquartered in Pennsylvania, our governor this coming week is proposing a sweeping reform of Pennsylvania state-funded higher education. His plan calls for a cap at state schools of $1,000 a semester on the cost of tuition and fees at state-owned universities uh, for those uh, families that are making $70,000 a year or less. Now, this cap and all that's gone into it may be well-meaning, but who's going to pay for it, first of all? Second of all, what if you're making $71,000 a year as a family? Are they going to pay for it? How does this play out? He hasn't given us the full details yet, but I am very skeptical of this approach. He didn't take on the big guy here, which is Penn State. They're allowed to have one of the highest state school tuitions and room and board and everything else in the entire country. These are the more state-run schools that are smaller that are going to be involved in this. Now, Shapiro is running for president someday, and he's even running right now, really, in practice. He's an up-and-coming Democrat politician. He has failed, though, on school choice for kids, even though he signed off on it. He couldn't fight off other Democrats to get it done the last time around. I'd rather see him concentrate on school choice here, get that done. And the big thing with this program is who's going to pay for it? Big college is out of control, tuition, the whole deal. Let's see what Shapiro does when he announces all this this week. And in coming weeks, I'll have more to say here on reading, writing, and reason. One other story that caught my attention, uh, I'm in an area in the Philadelphia area where there has been a fierce battle. And we still have some schools that have Native American logos or nicknames or mascots. Uh, One, the uh, Radnor, which is a fancy school right out of the side of Philadelphia, uh, they even got rid of, they went from the Red Raiders and they had a mascot that was Native American. They got rid of all that stuff and they wouldn't even allow the Raiders even though a lot of people in the school district identify with that, they would say they're a raider for life. That seems to me to be an improvement if you're on the other side of this, but no, that could not even be allowed. Well, now we have a Pennsylvania school district that just won the Glen Rock School District, a school board in Southern Pennsylvania, has voted to reinstate the district's old mascot logo, portraying a Native American fighter, despite criticism that it's outdated and culturally insensitive. So it's a new school board. They voted 7-2 to two recently to bring back the logo, which had been retired in April 2021 by a previous school board that chose to keep the name of the high school's team as the Warriors. And this uh, battle made nationwide news because it is really a throwback to uh, the idea that uh, this is giving honor. There was testimony on both sides of this to Native Americans This is not about disparaging anybody. So we'll keep our eye on that story, maybe get them on once we see how this uh, settles in. It's quite different, though. And there's still literally across the country 
the last time I looked, probably in the thousands of school districts that have maintained some of this stuff. Now, each year it goes down. There's more and more battle over it. And for me, it depends. It depends on the depiction. Is it stereotypical? It depends on the exact language and how the community feels about it. This community apparently voted for these people to bring this back and to engage in. One other area this week on reading, writing, and reason that has my attention, it's not over on college campuses. We are still seeing the great debate, the University of Pennsylvania, where the president, McGill, was one of the first, if not the first, to be ousted after that testimony, you may remember. Well, Penn faculty are upset about viewpoint diversity proposal. A University of Pennsylvania advisor's question about viewpoint diversity has some faculty upset, with one deeming it a code word for Republican hires. Speaking with the Daily Pennsylvanian, professor of psychology and history, Heron Kuchuk said he's concerned that political conservatives will take advantage of the university at a critical time and we may have a hostile Republican takeover of a distressed institution. Now, what this is about, as far as I can tell with the University of Pennsylvania, it's minuscule, the viewpoint diversity, meaning more conservative uh, viewpoint that people might have, and these people want to keep it that way. There's also this week another, another major administrator at Harvard in which there is another big investigation, I think around 40 cases or so, allegedly, of plagiarism. So big college is not going to roll over just because of these victories, just because of some of the things that have been passed, just because the president of Harvard and Penn were ousted. It's ongoing. I mean, this is their bubble, and they're not about diversity of thought or anything of that nature. They want to keep that faculty as progressive as they possibly can that's the takeaway here from what's happened at the University of Pennsylvania. So we'll have more on that as it continues. One other idea that I've always thought is flawed is making its way through several school districts that I've been able to take a look at here on Reading, Writing, and Reason nationally. And that idea is to start school somewhat or a lot later that teenagers can't sleep, and if you started at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I mean, I've seen some enormous numbers. We have one here in the Philadelphia suburbs that is uh, very much debated. Look, around the edges, I see the idea. Optimally, you can find the exact spot where you'll help kids learn by working with the times, etc. But using this, it seems to me many times, is a panacea. Uh, an excuse of why students are not doing well and whatever the school district are choosing not to do well is faulty. You know it and I know it. So it is ideal to have kids starting school at 730. Okay, but you know what this, at least in this school district here in the Philadelphia suburbs, many of these places, with suburban school districts, the busing stuff is very delicate. And the more you start moving around these starting times, the more those schedules get fooled with. And younger kids are often going to school much later in various parts of the country than they are now. I don't see in any way, shape, or form that's a good idea because parents would like to know the stability of having the kid on the school bus going to school 
at a reasonable time in the morning, how's the parent then with work and commutes, if you're in the suburbs, able to wait and put their kid on the school bus as you start to tick past eight o'clock? And that's what's happening here. And a lot of people are mad about that part of it. I feel with the parents on this. Again, this might be a decent thing to do. The question is, does it result in outstanding achievement, give you a better shot at that, or is it something else that has a modicum of an idea, but really the root causes of kids not doing well? We're still experiencing stuff from COVID. I'm still a fan of high dosage tutoring to get them out of that. Is that really what's plaguing teenagers that are not high achievers? Or is it the basics that we know what goes into high achievement and how to make that happen? I would go more with that's exactly what the basics are lacking here versus the timing of this. So we covered a lot of stuff this week. Thank you for listening. Let people know where you can get this, uh, wherever they get their podcast, they can get Reading, Writing, and Reason. And again, uh, be on the lookout for a big college. It's not going to go over. This battle is going to continue to be fought for years, like the story I told you at the University of Pennsylvania. Hope you enjoyed the guest, uh, Mr. Fishback, talking about the real story on banned books. And Dave Brown, this coach standing tall, is getting quite a national for this uh, battle over uh, female sports in schools is a ridiculous situation that needs to be changed. So we'll be here bringing you the big guests like Riley Gaines and others week after week. Hope you enjoyed it today. You can follow me, by the way, on Twitter at DomShow1210. Thank you. Thanks to Dan for producing this week. Reading writing and reason you need a lesson gonna bring it to you now we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.